back to the Sports Nook, where we talk to exceptional athletes, learn about different sports and their journeys to representing the Philippines locally and internationally. Mike, I cannot believe we're already on our seventh episode. <laughs> That's awesome. My name is Isa Chong. Yeah, I know it's going to reach this long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. And, you know, my name is Mike Valera. Last week, we talked to professional Hearthstone player and caster GAT about esports and her story from being a casual gamer to being the only female member of the Philippine national esports team. Seaball. Uh, Seaball. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I said it right. If, if you missed that in our past episodes, you can watch them on our Facebook page or also on Spotify, the Sports Nook PH. Parts of our episodes will also be aired on Q Radio 105.1. So tune in to our show. We're finally radio partners <laughs> just this week, 9 a.m. to 12 noon on weekdays. All right. So today we're going to be covering a sport that may be new or unfamiliar to you. We're going to learn more about the sport of beach handball with our guest athlete, He's a member of the Philippine National Beach Handball Team who brought the Philippines its final medal, a bronze medal, at the 30th Southeast Asian Games. He also He's also the former team captain of the UP Fighting Maroons and is currently an assistant coach to the team as well, alongside his national team duties for beach handball. Very impressive, ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Harris. Hey, Andrew. Hello. Thanks for having me. Hey, Drew. Thank you so much for joining us today, man. How have you been? What have you been up to since quarantine happened? I'm doing good. Usually I just stay at home, go outside for grocery or medicine runs. That's pretty much it, do home workout. Not, not doing awesome. anything else. No, I mean, like this is the kind of person everybody should copy. Like, if you can stay at home and be responsible <laughs> for other That's people, true. you should. Yeah. But, of course, we can imagine, Drew, that you're also you have still your duties for um, for UP as well as beach handball. And uh, I'm sure training doesn't stop for you as well as for other athletes. So that, there's that. Um, but yeah, have you have you found any new hobbies to do this quarantine? New hobbies? Or, not, yeah. not really. I just I caught up on my video game backlog. Most of my games on the Switch. <laughs> so, so what have you been playing? <laughs> Well, I, my t my taste in games are very different. I like uh, tactical RPGs, so I yeah, don't know yeah. if you guys know Fire Emblem. I really oh like yeah. yeah, I love Fire Emblem. Sorry, like, oh, I, I played this, the Game Boy Advance. I've had my Fire Emblem to the Mars. Uh, all those guys. Oh God, I think we're gonna have a good show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Fire Emblem. I, I literally just beat the from three houses. I beat it the fourth time. I spent 200 hours on it. Oh, wow. oh so you have a Switch. Yeah, I have a Switch, yeah. Oh, money well spent, man. Money well spent. <laughs> Mike, you haven't gotten yourself a Switch, you know? I, I, I haven't, but I've been playing the Fire Emblem on my 3DS. So the next uh, thing I'm going to buy a Switch, just for that game. Because I heard yeah, it's amazing. That. That's exactly why I bought the Switch, just for Fire Emblem. Oh, wow. <laughs> I really, really uh, I'm sure you guys are going to get along very well. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, now that we're all caught up, we're going to get right into the first part of the show where we talk more about beach handball with our guest athlete in a segment we call the Layman's Nook. Yeah, so for those who are watching for the first time, this segment is where our guest athlete breaks down the sport for us and teaches us the basics. So Drew, if you're talking to someone who has absolutely no idea about handball or beach handball, how would you explain it to them in the simplest way you can? Okay, the simplest way I can think of, yeah. it's futsal, but using your hands, <laughs> and it's on the beach. <laughs> All right. You know, we can already picture that in our heads, yeah. so that's good Imagine enough. A, fut a futsal foot, <laughs> using a small ball, and then you use your hands only, and it's on the sand court. Wait, what ball are you guys using? Uh, it's a different type of ball. It's specifically for handball. Uh, rubber, Sha. No. rubber, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. now that you screen it that way, it makes sense why it's called handball then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> literally, literally, literally handball. Literally handball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, well, you know what? I, I feel like if we go deeper into handball, it's not really an easy sport to explain to a layman. And I feel like you'll probably need to play it for you to be uh, to completely understand it. But I assume for spectators, it's not 
that difficult to follow, I guess, especially for basketball fans, because basically you're trying to get the ball to the other side or to your opponent's goal. And there's also defense and offense. But uh, what other similarities does it have to basketball, would you say? Um, well, the teamwork. You have to work together, obviously. And then there's passing involved. There is a form of dribbling, but it's yeah. it's hand. So you can only dribble so much. Or if you find a way to dribble somehow, then it's allowed. But and is it? Also, can you really mm -hmm. dribble it on the sand? If you find a way, <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can drop it into the sand and then pick it back up. That'll be a dribble. Okay. But if you find a way for the ball to bounce right back into your hand, then go ahead. You can. You're yeah. welcome. To try it. But it's risky. Okay. Yeah, yeah it, it sounds risky. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned it's a bit similar to basketball because of the teamwork and I guess the strategy aspect of it. Do you guys also do like more screens or like more pick and roll when you do handball? Yeah. Depends on the situation. In indoor handball, yes, there's more screens. But okay. in beach, beach variation, which was what I play in, uh, the screen is very situational. Uh, but there is there – is, uh, off off ball screens you you can't do a ball screen just you can't dribble it yeah but you're, I mean, you're like three steps though unlike basketball you have two with three uh, steps three steps yeah okay uh, i wouldn't want to be the man who runs into your screen man that's gonna be, <laughs> that'll be not Actually, gonna be fine we have we have a fast break a fast break play where i set a screen it's it's like mm -hmm. sure i set a screen <laughs> and our, uh, our one of our main scores just runs down the field and just shoots easy uncontested I I can see why, <laughs> but I, I know aside from basketball, I know it's kind of similar to to football or hockey. As you, as you've said, futsal. Because aside from the players in the court, there's also going to be a goalie trying to prevent the yep. the ball from getting to the net. So mm -hmm. if if you can also compare handball to other sports, um, do you do you consider it to be very similar to hockey or football? Well, yeah, it'll be very similar because in in. In hockey, there's there's also a shootout. You guys, there's a shootout in hockey. Right? I'm not a big hockey fan. Um, yeah, it's not that popular, <laughs> but I think there's a shootout. We have, we have shootout as well if the the score is tied between the two sets. Oh yeah. So, I would say it's pretty similar to hockey. I would think it's like kind of like water polo as well. Mm. Wow, that's a lot water of sports in one. Water, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so far we have basketball, futsal. Um, hockey, hockey water, water polo, polo. <laughs> and maybe a little bit of fire emblem because there's strategy in too. Yeah, there's right. strategy. So, mommy well, and daddy, there's a reason why I play this game because it has several <laughs> skills in the real life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's strategy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so beach handball, Drew, is a pretty new sport. Well, having just been recognized as a sport in 2001 or just 19 yeah. years ago, and it was also featured for the first time in the 2013 World Games. Now, indoor volleyball, on the other hand, has been in the Summer Olympic Games since 1972. Now, just to clarify, um, is the difference between indoor handball and beach handball, just like in volleyball, the court or the venue which in which it's played? Um, it's pretty similar. Actually, the SEA Games for in, uh, beach volleyball yeah. was the same as ours. We, they would play oh, late in the uh, yeah. nighttime, yeah, in Subic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Our, our court is pretty much just the same size, honestly. But then, of course, they have that little, uh, what's this, the net in the middle. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same dimensions. It's, it's um, yeah. So would you say indoor and beach handball, the difference is really just the court? Mm, well, the amount of players as well. Ah. Because beach, what what I know what beach handball was is to make it more, not, it was to make it more exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a quick game. Because indoor handball is like 40 minutes per half. Yeah. And then it's a it's a grinding game. With beach, it's like 10 minute, uh, 10 minute halves. It's yeah. a very quick game. And then mm -hmm. the way we score is uh, spectacular. That's what they call it, spectacular. Yeah. So it's more of an entertaining version. It was the, it was yeah. their way to promote the sport. That's oh, okay. It was the way to promote the sport so more people can watch because it's uh, only really big in Europe. Yeah. Okay. It also started well a little. Well, it's it started later, way later yeah. than indoor handball. So mm -hmm. got it, got it. Plus, I assume you're gonna need a lot more sunscreen 
if we're gonna play beach handball. <laughs> usually, usually the organizers are pretty nice and make the games at nighttime. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's harsh when it's like eight a.m. It's very considerate. <laughs> yeah. It's probably gonna be really, really hot. Uh, do you yeah, guys yeah. wear like any special gear on your shoes or like? No, we're barefoot. Oh I'm god! So it's very minimalistic. Oh, like you get shorts, a shirt, yeah. uh, like a sandal. We wear a sandal, and then that's it. You know, you, I'm sure you've done both beach and also indoor handball. You mentioned Kanina that I, I believe in indoor handball, it's easier to dribble compared yeah. to beach handball. But is one? Do you consider one easier than the other, or one harder than the other? Well, they both have their separate challenges because beach is on the sand. So yeah. it's when you, you can jump as high as you want and land however you want because when you land, it's going to be in a cushioned sand. Unlike mm, indoor, yeah. you have to be careful how you do your diving shots or your in-flight shots. So if you fall if you fall on the floor there, it's going to hurt a little bit more. Yeah. And and plus there's tackling. There's like a form of tackling in indoor handball. In beach, it's more uh, non-contact in a way. Like they allow contact, but very minimal. Yeah, got it. Um, now Drew, we're gonna talk about the scoring of beach handball. I think this is where it's gonna get a little harder, you know. Um, but like you mentioned, you have two ten-minute halves, so yes. it's a best out of two scenario. Now, like yeah. you mentioned also earlier, um, it's kind of similar to soccer or football because, oh, or hockey rather, because there's a shootout, uh, kayo, mm-hmm. and. Um, I also heard that in beach handball, you have a score system. So it's yes. either one or two. Can you tell us about this? What's one, what's two? So one point is, okay, first first there's a court player and then there's yeah. a special slash uh, goalkeeper. Yeah. So they wear a different color than the court player. Mm-hmm. So if they score any type of way, it's automatically two points. Okay. But a court player like me, I can't score the same way they score. I need to either... Yeah receive an alley-oop or in-flight shot attempt, or I need to do a 360 shot. Okay. That's right. Wow. I'm not sure if you, I'm pretty sure if you look on YouTube and look at 360 yeah. shots, it's like, um, that that I have to do that in order for me to get yeah. two points. I watched yesterday a couple of games, and pag nag 360 sila pati yung sand gumagano naganda. But yeah, yeah so different types of 360. Yeah. Like people that like lay. I was watching some of like the, the world levels. They like yeah. lay when they do the 360, they're like laying in the air. It looks what? like music types up. I'm like, how do they even get the hang time to do this? <laughs> crazy. But do you also get to do the 360 and all that? Yeah, I get to do the 360, yeah. but nice. I'm more specialized in the in flight. Yeah. Okay. So, again, just to recap, no, um, it's uh, two points, mm. it's alley oop. And uh, if a goalie or a specialist scores, mm-hmm. but I feel yes. ko yung goalie, yung specialist nyo is just like the liber, libero in the volleyball as well. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, also the 360 yep. shot, which is also called a spectacular. Yeah. And those are the ways that you can do uh, two-pointers. Ang ganda, so parang meron din siyang, what do you call this? Ano ba tawag doon? Parang meron kayong... <laughs> I can't I can't think of the word right now. But basically it's also you know, like you've mentioned earlier, Drew, it's a way of enticing people to watch it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Mga gano na 360 and all that. So yeah. But just just to add, if for example yeah. I got the ball and I didn't do a 360 and yeah. I just shot it into the goal, it would be one point, especially one since point, I'm yes. court a court player. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Does it work the same as indoor? Uh, no, indoor all points are one. Oh, interesting. Oh, nga. So that's good to note because it's really they're using the handball talaga to attract more players, and we can imagine why. Yeah, because in three six and uh, in indoor, you don't need to do that stuff. You, you can okay. just do uh, one, two, three, and then just shoot. You don't need yeah. to do three sixty to shoot. You, there is in flights in indoor, but it's not. It's uh, not all. Not a lot of teams do it. Yeah, got it. Okay, I have a wait, lang Mike. I have a curious question. I don't. <laughs> so, because it's about best of two scenario. Um, what if, for example, in the first set, yung team nyo won like 10 0, right? Mm-hmm. So you get that set. And in the second set, you lose 0 to 1, meaning they won the set. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you, do, you, do we have to play, do you have to play the final set even if the total score is 10 to 1? 
Oh, um, it's back to zero zero. For example, like you win the first set, it doesn't matter what you what you scored in the first set. Talaga. <laughs> parang so, para yeah. Go Mike. Would it make sense like if, for example, they have like a two point lead, and um, mm. would it make more sense for me to just try to run out the clock by passing it to my teammates? Oh, or, uh, there's a passive rule. Uh, I'm not. That, that's a pretty specific rule that they use. I think after a certain amount of passes or after a certain amount of time, it's a judgment call on the ref. They'll raise their yeah. hand like this. And if you don't make an attempt to take a shot, yeah, uh, you, it's a turnover. Mm. Wow. So that, that that's to avoid like just running up the clock. Yeah. Because it's only 10 minutes. So you can just really just keep passing the ball yeah. and up the yeah. clock. And it's boring to watch. So that's why they want them to be fast paced. Yeah. And I think one of the ways that they're able to make it so exciting and force you to pass is I know there's, as you've said, there's a limit on how many times you can dribble. Yeah. And so I'd also like to know, I know there's also traveling and beach handball. Mm -hmm. What did they gauge it on? That's pretty much a judgment call because a lot of the times I see other players, like they a lot of sh they shuffle their feet a lot before catching it and stuff like that. But it's more of a judgment call. And then even if a pivot, like when you pivot in basketball, a pivot's considered a step. Mm. Yeah. So, but usually the refs are mostly judgment calls on those. All right. Well, I, I think we're very grateful because you're able to explain the sports so eloquently. Because when you were researching it, it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like explaining basketball to yeah. someone who doesn't know basketball. There are just way too many rules. So, yeah. Like the handbook, I was looking at the handbook because I was also, I was. Looking, I was doing a refresher course for refereeing, yeah. officiating, pala, officiating for handball. It's, it's yeah. long. It's like seventy yep. pages. I was like, oh my goodness, seventy pages. <laughs> so different rules. Yeah. There's like, like if you were to watch, you'd be when when they're scoring and stuff, you don't understand that, but you don't understand like the substitution. Yeah. Like, yeah. The substitution is kind of hard for me to explain. Yeah. Because like it's only supposed to be three players, uh, three court players. And then one special or goalkeeper on the floor. So at a time, it's four versus four. Yeah. yeah. But you have people on the bench also, right? Yeah. Uh, on the sideline, yeah. On the, on the bench. They have to be kneeling. They have to be kneeling as well. Or else oh. if they don't get, if they're not kneeling and then the, the official gets annoyed with them, they can like give them a yellow card. What? Wait, so the yeah. whole time they're waiting to be brought into the court, they yeah. have to be kneeling? Yeah, kneeling. So kneeling, oh, right. and but the substitution is really fast. Oh, okay, okay. But well, so after, it's 10, 10 minute quarters, right? Yeah. So it should be relatively quick. Yeah. And plus, it, it's tiring to play offense and defense. Usually, if you play offense and defense, you're called a sweeper. But usually, we don't have a sweeper. Mm -hmm. We have if you play offense, you play offense. So after your offensive possession, you run out of your sideline so that your defensive teammates can go inside. Okay. Yeah. It's because it's tiring because if you're running back and forth in sand, that's yeah. hard. Yeah, it's just, that's a hard yeah. One. <laughs> for sure. All right, so now that we know more or less how it's played, since beach handball is a team sport, uh, we can mm -hmm. imagine training or practice might be very similar to basketball, which you're also very good at. But uh, for you to be able to play beach handball professionally, are there any physical characteristics or attributes that someone needs to have that's advantageous or helpful? Mm, I guess I wouldn't necessarily say height because height is only there's only one position the position I play if you're tall you have an advantage mm. that's pivot but then relatively speaking all the other positions not not necessarily don't have to be tall I would really say athletic you have to yeah. be able to jump high because mm. you take advantage of your your was this your um your hang time to make your shots, your in-flights or your 360s. If you take advantage of your hang time, you have more options or you have uh, a better chance of scoring. Yeah. Because like, if you watch some of the world level, the people who do 360, so imagine they do a 360 shot, they're hanging in the air for like a second and a half, they see the goalie has good position and then they pass it out to yeah. another flight. It, it gets it gets pretty uh, nice to watch. So you're gonna yeah. need athleticism and then you have to be smart too because you can't just go there and just overpower everybody. It's it's like a game of uh, it's like a game of chess out there. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of sounds like, you know how in volleyball, if you're varying in height or characteristics, they place you in specific positions where you will excel it. So I would assume in handball, as you've said, there's so many uh, positions and responsibilities, I guess, depending on your height or depending on your skills, yeah. you're going to place you in that particular position. Mm -hmm. That's usually how it is, you know. Usually yeah. the, the people who can either 360 well or jump high are on the wings. And the taller player is usually the pivot. And then the specialist is like, I guess, a mixture. Not the goalie, the specialist. Mm -hmm. He's like a mixture of being able to jump high. And I guess he has to have the most IQ on the court, actually, because he's the one facilitating most of the time. Sometimes specialists don't have to be the facilitator, though. Sometimes they can just be like the easy bucket or the easy yeah. goal. They can okay. be... We have a play for that, so it's easier for them, and they don't have to necessarily facilitate. Yeah. All right. So it's kind of like a point guard then, right? Yeah, they're like the point guard. Nice. Would you say, Drew, that this is a sport that, for example, if someone just decides to get into it uh, professionally, is it something that's easy to to get into professionally? Mm. Uh, relatively, I, I guess. It, you'll have a learning – there's a learning curve to it, but once you get it, it's – it's like dominoes is gonna, everything's just gonna, uh, like running sunod sunod na lang. But um, we're hoping that people come into the sport. Uh, yeah. it, it'll be challenging. Honestly, it'll be challenging though, because like the rules. I remember my first my my first uh, month. I was like, yeah. what is going on? I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. but like I understood like during the play. Yeah. understood and the, everything else the other aspects like the substitution and the fouls and all that stuff i was yeah. like what is going on so it, yeah. there's a learning curve but i think relatively it's it's kind of easy to pick up yeah and that's awesome to know so another sport that people can just also yeah. easily try um <clears throat> okay i think i can speak on behalf of everyone when i say that we're pretty much enlightened about this sport of beach handball now so now it's time for us to move on to the next part of the show where we get to know our guest athlete and what we call the athlete's no yeah, so uh, Drew, you played for the UP men's basketball team in five seasons, and you were also the team captain uh, for three years from 2014 to 2017. And uh, having been a basketball player for a huge league, such as the UEAP, and being very good at playing too, I'm sure the question in everybody's mind is, how did you end up finding handball? <laughs> <laughs> oh, long story short, I was taking my master's in my last playing year in 2017. Yeah. So, uh, well, I'm actually, I'm still taking my master's, but yeah, during 2017 was my first. Sports science. Yeah, sports science. Okay. Under my undergrad, sports science. My master's is movement and human science. Ooh. Human movement science, and okay. I specialize in uh, recreation or leisure nice, studies. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. So in 2017, um, my coach right now, Coach Joanna, right? She was my classmate in one of my majors. And then she was asking, she was recruiting me to play for handball. And I was still playing basketball at the time. And I was like, uh, yeah. I don't know about that. I'll focus on basketball. And then 2018, when I uh, 2017, when I graduated, she messaged me again. And I was like, I don't know. I'm still playing D League. Yeah. And then 2019, I decided to focus on my master's first. And then she gave me a message. I think that was before uh, Holy Week. A little bit yeah. before whole week in April 2019. And I was like, you know what? Let's try it out. And then it went from there. So yeah. Wow. So yeah, she we... my classmate. She went from my so from going for my classmate, that's how <laughs> I that's how I found discovered handball. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, so you officially started handball in April 2019. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And then a few months yeah. later, you're already in Sea Games. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So, well, yeah, I'm curious to know how easy or how difficult was the transition from playing basketball to beach handball? Well, the team aspect was easy, but like, like I said earlier, the rules, understanding yeah. the rules, mm -hmm. that was, that was a struggle for me, especially since right after I joined the team April, we had a competition in June in China. Yeah. Asian championships and I was like oh my goodness this is my first experience <laughs> and then it, was, <laughs> it was like oh my god but actually I'm pretty happy that I performed well there yeah. and then we had a pretty good show up out there too so I got rid of my uh, my butterflies in my stomach uh-huh yeah me and new sport 
not the butterflies yeah. are competing. The butterflies are like not understanding the sport or making yeah. a fool of myself, not knowing what I'm doing. But yeah. Well, clearly you end up knowing what you're doing now and you're doing a very good job at it. So it's it's all thanks to Coach Joanna then for recruiting yes. you, for being so persistent. And uh, at the time you mentioned Hanina when she was trying to recruit you, you were already playing in the D League. Mm -hmm. So well, during when that was happening, before diving into your masters, were you considering getting drafted by the PBA? Uh, I was considering it, but mm -hmm. then being Phil Foreigner, it's kind yeah. of hard because they have, they there's a lot of restrictions on us being uh, having foreign blood. Like we have to we have to get this paper. I forgot what it was called. It's uh, it's to proof of citizenship or something like that. Oh, like, yeah. Twelve like K, and then it's like a long process just to prove yeah. that Filipino blood. You need like your grandparents' is a birth certificate or something like that. Well, how about the process? Yeah. yeah, it was a hard process to do, especially yeah. at the time I'm just a student. I wasn't really making money, so yeah. it was it was a, it was hard for me to shoulder the payment. So I was lucky yep. that my D League team did it, but. It, it's it was hard on me then i was it was taking too long and i was like you know maybe i need to like realign my my priorities i came out mm -hmm. here in the philippines to get a degree get a college degree so and i was blessed to have an opportunity to take a master's as well so yeah. i might as well focus on that first yeah, yeah. so you that's, what, that's what you came here 2010 yes i came here 2010 okay July, awesome june june 2010 yeah yeah, right. Everything your basketball career happened so quickly, and also the beach handball career as well. Um, well, Drew playing for a pro basketball league actually sounds pretty enticing, <laughs> and it's actually the dream for just about all local basketball players. Yeah. Um, like you mentioned, um, that problem with the papers and all that, or the challenge rather uh, with the papers, um, was that your deciding factor? Uh, is to putting basketball on hold and pursuing this other dream of playing beach handball for the Philippines. Yeah, I, I would say that and then the MPBL, when I was trying to play MPBL, uh -huh. they had the restricting rules on the performers yeah. as well. It was, I think there was also an issue with Abu Trader and Bobby yeah. Ray Parks, if I'm not mistaken. So especially especially since like there is other Phil foreigners, but then since they're light-skinned, they were considered as yeah. locals, but that's not going there. But... But then I was having trouble finding a team yeah. in MPBL, and I was like, maybe this is not for me. Maybe mm -hmm. this is not set up for me to strive, especially since I'm not I'm not a star player. I'm just a role player. Mm -hmm. um, so that was one of the turning points for me to really just put it on hold at first. At first, I wasn't planning to give up. I was just going to put it on hold and maybe graduate yeah. first. You're still in school for your master's, no? Yeah, I'm in uh, um about to take thesis next sound. Oh, Ooh, lapit na. Yeah, lapit awesome. Na. So, well, my follow-up question is, uh, after putting basketball on hold, I, I assume kasi basketball was really a huge part of your life. And mm -hmm. did yeah. you grow up playing basketball? Yeah, no? Actually, no. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> really did. Uh, well, my first sport ever was actually soccer or football. Wow. That, was like, that was my introduction into sports when I was young. Yeah. I played striker. I didn't. I wasn't good. I just kicked the ball really strong. <laughs> it was really for me to get, it was really just for me to get my footwork. Because uh, yeah. a little background informa information, information. I used to walk on my uh, my tiptoes. I used to always like my toes were always flexed. I, like when I was walking as a child, my my bones developed in a way that this would be normal. The flexion yeah. would be normal. Mm -hmm. So I needed to get surgery. I was uh, eight years old in second grade. So uh -huh. I got surgery a whole year. I was in a wheelchair in, in a cast. Oh so football was the introduction for me to learn how to run, learn how to like, you know, gain athleticism and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. I, like, like I said, I spent a whole year in yeah. a wheelchair and not oh knowing gosh. how to walk. I had to, re I had to relearn how to walk as well. Yeah. I actually went so to, then, they, they yeah. thought I was mental actually. They thought I had what? a, yeah, they thought I had a mental issue, but then it just turned out I had something wrong with them. Uh, my bone, uh, the way my my bones grew. What's Actually, that called? Yeah. Is it? I don't mm -hmm. know. What, I'll research it later. I, I what what is that called? called. No, I, don't don't have, I have no idea yeah. what it's called. I just know what happened to me. Yeah. yeah. So I after football, 
How did you football, get into basketball? After football, I only played like that was just a background. I was that was when I was like nine years old. But yeah. then I played basketball as a leisure, as like recreation back in middle school. And then I didn't really go into sports until high school. And in yeah. high school, I was track and field, American football, and basketball. Basketball was like the last option, actually. I didn't really, I played it just because I was tall and they told me to play basketball. Yeah. And then football was really my my, my dream sport. Mm. Well, um, what position did you play? I played defensive end. Oh, yeah. Considering your size, it seems like a good choice. Yeah, I was defensive end. And then track and field, before I injured my knee, I was triple jump and shot put in discus. So, yeah. Wow. I like, yeah, I was. I I love sports. I love sports even now. That's my course. Sports. Yo, nga, galing. And then now you're in beach handball. Did you ever, did you ever see yourself doing beach handball? No, I, I didn't even know it existed at first. To <laughs> oh. be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I feel you. <laughs> I, I knew, I knew indoor, and I knew about indoor, but yeah. like it was new. And then in the states, no one really plays handball as well. It's yeah. like very. You have to like really look for handball. I know they have a national team, and I, I'm friends. I'm friends with one of them, but you have to really search to yeah. play handball. Yeah. yeah. Um, my question after you telling us your your history in sports, have there any regrets since leaving basketball? Most recently. Mm, well, sometimes when I watch like my peers. Like going mm-hmm. into the draft and succeeding, like some of my old teammates, I, I think about and I question like what could have happened. But other than that, not not really. I'm pretty happy where I am. Wow. I'm uh, I'm yeah. happy with what I achieved. Like I was able to play five years in college. I was able to play some D League. I have a undergrad. I'm taking my master's. So I always make sure to count my blessings. Because originally, I, I wasn't. I didn't come out here to the Philippines to play pro. Mm-hmm. Like, it was really for me to get an education, like because in 2010, I'm not sure if you guys know, in 2010 the recession hit mm. the states, yeah. so we were kind of hit hard. And my dad didn't want to risk and wait for me to try to get a scholarship for American football. Yeah. So then the Filipino community out in New Jersey, they were saying, "Oh, why don't you try uh, finding a college out in the Philippines?" And yeah, where it started. So yeah. So my 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 initial goal was really just to get a degree, and yeah, that. and and look what happened now. Like you, you've played sports and represented your school in UAAP, and now you're representing the Philippines, yeah. which is amazing, super and amazing. I don't yeah. I don't blame you for feeling like that too. Like I think for Issa and I as well. Like we see at our peers, they're being successful and they're achieving so many great things. You're very happy for them, right? But you yeah. also can't help but feel like maybe what if I took that or took yeah. this? That could be me too. But not a lot of basketball players or people in general can say that one, they have a master's degree coming up. Second, they're playing for a national team and you're coaching too. You're doing so many amazing oh, uh. things. At first, it was hard for me to like to adjust. I'm not going to lie. My my yeah. academics were kind of struggling. My first year, my was it in 2019, right? So yeah. uh, one of my semesters, I was struggling because we had competitions in China, and then for basketball, we had the training camps yeah. for work. And I was like, oh my goodness! I'm like, how am I going to study? Yeah. <laughs> so and then I had, it was so hard to balance everything. Uh, oh my goodness! I was a working student athlete. <laughs> but yeah, you know what? Kudos, kudos to you. And we're so excited also for your graduation semesters. I'm sure everything's worth it. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, um, uh, talking about handball, uh, beach handball again, there are actually a good number of uh, female basketball players who transition to handball as well. Yeah. Um, uh, and if we're not mistaken, two of your coaches are also former basketball players. So my question is, is this really a sport worth considering if a basketball player were to decide to uh, try another sport? Yeah. And any any type of athlete, actually, ah. it's worth giving it a try. Well, actually, if you as long as you work with your hands, like, of yeah. course, your sport has to deal with, like, for example, volleyball or basketball. Uh, I guess 
it'll, it'll be a pretty easy transition yeah. for most, as long as you're an athlete coming from an athletic background. Mm-hmm. Have trouble. Actually, one of my teammates is he came from track and field, and he was a high oh. jumper. Yeah, he jumps. Oh my goodness, <laughs> he jumps so high. So, like, I think as long as you have athletic background, you'll yeah. have a easier time transitioning. One of yeah. our goalkeepers is from futsal. Wow. But because, like, you know, goalkeeping for them is the same yeah. relatively. That's skills. It's almost the same skills for them. So, I think as long as you have come from athletic background, it'll be easy transition. But if you if you come from basketball, usually you're taller than most uh, Pinoy, so oh. you would have an advantage. So yeah, yeah, you have a little bit more advantage than others. So mm. the, the person that recruited you is a girl, uh, as we all know. So would you say this is a sport that all genders can try out and join and play? Yes. We have a girls team actually too. Um, they're in the mode of developing developing, and they're preparing for the SEA Games. I think they're going oh, to... this is Beach Handball? Yeah, Beach Handball. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they have a team as well, yeah. Nice. Uh, they, they didn't compete last year because they're they were like super new because yeah. they were they focused on indoor. Yeah. But uh, next uh, next Sea Games most likely they'll be coming along with us to represent yeah. the Philippines. Nice. So, it's not it's not just strict to uh, men's on the men's side. There's girls can play it as well too. Um, there's they're developing um they're building a female beach handball national team. How about mm-hmm. a men's Indoor. indoor. Uh, yes, we're, yeah. we have uh, because we, had the youth, we had the youth team. The youth team uh-huh, got uh-huh. Uh, silver in game IHF because like, that's the yeah. governing body of handball, yeah. right? So they got a silver in their competition for the youth age. Yeah. So they're probably going to go as well. They we're yeah. developing an indoor team to represent in the Sea Games. Ooh, that's so exciting. Yeah. I won't be playing indoor because the venues are pretty far. Okay, okay. Man, so it's exciting though. The future of handball seems super, super bright. And you know, out, out of the things you've said, one of the things I find very fascinating is your origin story. Essentially, napilitan ka lang subukan. And then, mo. And your first impressions was, hey, ang gulo ng rules. This game is a bit hard to understand. So in general, what did you think about beach handball when you first joined the team? Mm, in general? Uh... At first, hmm, oh, I know. <laughs> hey, that was a cool. bola, <laughs> the ball. The ball is pretty small. Yeah. But, I don't know when I when I first came in. I guess it was like new opportunity. The way I saw it was like, yeah. oh, this new opportunity. So I gotta have an open mind and give it my all. That was yeah. really the mindset I went into it. I wasn't looking down on the sport or I wasn't like yeah. thinking anything negative, but. Yeah, I guess it was for me the way I looked at it was like a new opportunity to like rekindle my drive for playing competing again. Yeah. Because wow, I was like, nice I was a year out of sport. I was a year out of sport at that time. Because my mm. last D League was 2018. Yeah. And then I was focusing mostly on um I was focusing more mostly on academics. I got out of shape. I was not planning to compete again. So it was like it was really a new a new door opening with opportunities for me. That's that's just just incredible. And uh, you've you've done so many sports, man. You've done football and uh, you also do basketball, of course. So taking those into account, how quickly did you find your footing in handball? And how did you acclimate to this new environment? Um, Like I said before, when I joined in April, there was another, there was a competition right away in China. So... I, I can use that as a solid proof that I was able to adjust easily. But I, th- I think me having backgrounds in numerous sports and then really loving PE and our PE program back in the States, we really try everything. Yeah. So I think having so much athletic background, it was easy for me to pick it up. Like I had yeah. no challenge with it. Billing. So yeah, your, your team got eighth place. Uh, finish at the 2019 Asian yeah. Beach Handball Championship. Mm-hmm. This was uh, last June 2019 in China, just two months <laughs> since yeah. you you were recruited. Ambiles, <laughs> grave. So um, also you're you're still part of the coaching staff of the UP Fighting Maroons. So clearly basketball is uh, still a huge part of your life. Um, 
is there a challenge or can you expound on the challenges of balancing your responsibilities in basketball and handball? Okay. Well, first I'd like to state that I, I wanted to become a coach for UP because I love UP so much. They gave me everything and I just wanted yeah. to give to uh, the school that gave me everything. And yeah. then college, college sports for me and national team as well. It's really all about the camaraderie. Yeah. Like the sense of like family. So I really appreciate and love and cherish that that type of uh, mindset. So balancing my schedule is hard because yeah. Moa. First of all, we train for beach. We train in Moa. Mm -hmm. So, and then for UP, we train in UP Dilaman. Layo. So like, as in, one time I would have to. I would first have to ask Coach Bo if I can leave practice early. I'll do my assignments first for him. Then I ask Coach if I can leave early. I'll yeah. leave five o'clock. I won't get to Moa until like seven o'clock. Oh I'll be gosh. late for practice. I'll do my warm ups. I'll be I'll be doing my warm ups and then straight pretty much scrimmage now. Yeah. So it takes me two hours just to get to practice and coming mm. home it takes three like two and a half hours. I won't get home until like twelve, and I didn't eat yet. Oh my goodness! Oh my it was, and then masters with my masters. You pala. <laughs> masters. <laughs> Masters, I don't have to miss work because master's classes is 5.30 to 8. So I have to miss work and then in training as well. But usually I was lucky that most of our training was around our my class. I adjusted my class schedule. So it would only uh, does this affect my work schedule. Yeah. But for work anyway, I'm more behind the scenes. I work with video. So I don't necessarily okay. have to be there. I'm like yeah, a yeah. behind the scenes guy, yeah. My gosh, but your typical schedule, Drew, is do you leave in the morning and come back home evening? Panaba. Actually, I, I love that about my schedule. I what? stay home until three uh, three PM. Okay. Then I, bike, then I bike to work. Then to go to training, I carpool with one of my teammates that uh -huh. also studies in UP. And then I get home, I get to dropped off at UP, then bike again home. Wow. But I don't have to at least because with UP practice, we don't start until Shepard. They're students still. Yeah. So they yeah. don't start practice till 4.30 or 5. Mm -hmm. so, so I don't have to leave my house until then. So even if there's no yeah. practice, I don't have to leave my house until late either. To go oh, that's to pretty cool. Not so yeah. bad. <laughs> it's not that bad. My day is not yeah. full. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the one good thing. It's busy. My, my yeah. afternoons are all packed. But my mornings to lunchtime, nothing. It's, yeah. it's pretty uh, lenient. Oh, Can I just cool. say it's it's pretty crazy. I, I wouldn't expect that the training for beach handball would be in Moa. Like uh, not that many beach the courts. Sands. It's the sand. Sands. Okay. There's a mini there's a mini beach court in uh PSC in Pasig. Ooh, but yeah. the problem is it's not a full it's not full court, so we can't <laughs> we can't assimilate a full game. We can only do drills there. At first yeah. that's what we were training, but then it was getting closer to sea games and getting closer to the Asian championships, we had to train in Moa. Yeah, because like in Subic, where we where we had our venue, right? It was a tennis yeah. court. But it was a tennis yeah. court that they put sand on. Yeah, our court, our our court is practically the from side to I mean from end to end. Mm -hmm. Then the side is a little bit like this way, from I mean okay. horizontal. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's longer than a beach volleyball court. Yeah, but yeah, you, yeah. you can fit a beach volleyball court on a beach handball court. Baliktad yung alam ko, mali pala ako. Okay. Oh. Well, I mean, like it's it's the same size as a futsal court, right? And that's actually relatively bigger than yeah. what most people would expect. Obviously, mm -hmm. obviously, it's shorter than the legit football yeah. field, but futsal it's, it's bigger than you think. Yeah, it's yeah. deceivingly it's deceivingly bigger. Yeah, precisely. And uh, you know, we talked about handball. We talked about you. Now we want to talk about handball in the Philippines. How would you say the interest level or the awareness of Pinoy's is when it comes to the sport? I know it's a very popular sport in Europe. Like people go crazy for it in the Olympics. It's one of the most fun games and sports to watch. Do you see it reach, reaching that kind of level here locally? I would love to see it. That's actually, I would love to be part of the pioneers to mm -hmm. get it to that level. It, it's going to be a struggle because our handball community or handball family is it's relatively small. And because uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think what's that school? And uh, most of my teammates are there. Uh, Kaleo, 
Benildo, Benildo in Antipolo. They mm-hmm. offer handball. I think Xavier offers handball. Ateneo oh. offers handball for PE. And I think they also have like a somewhat varsity program. So very okay. few, very few varsity programs for handball. And then it's going to be hard, especially beach. We were trying to make initiative to like promote handball, but then COVID happened. We were supposed to have a, a local tournament in Dumaguete. Oh, but wow. yeah, COVID really, uh, it made things hard for everybody. Of course, we were, I was looking forward to it. I really wanted to promote the sport. We have the Metro Handball League, but that, that got canceled as well. So, and we were supposed to have a beach one, but we'll have to see next year if we're able so, to. Well, actually, locally, locally, there's not many handball local, leagues. The oh. local handball leagues is kami kami lang, actually. Oh. Yeah. Ang galing. So, so that's much, great that you're yeah part of the pioneering group of yeah. uh, handball. Galing. Which is actually pretty, if you think about it in retrospect, it's pretty impressive that we train with us lang, our, our small community, and we're able to compete with the powerhouses in Southeast Asia or in the powerhouses yeah. in Asia, and we don't even have local tournaments like them. Yes. Because like in like Vietnam, they had, I think they, they like their handball out there. They really do. Mm-hmm. And then Thailand, like they have a co- they have a sports academy, if not mistaken, because I was able yeah. to kind of talk to one of the players there because it's hard to communicate with them. They don't, not a lot of them know English. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have like a academy there and then you specialize in a, a sport. Yeah. And then and from young age to uh, when you're into the senior level, you're playing handball. So mm-hmm. like in the Philippines, we're the only one that doesn't really have that type oh, of uh, type of that would type. you know when they started handball in the Philippines? The very, very recent. Uh, 2012, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Very new. And nice. just like you, a lot of your teammates are amazing people, very athletic, and they really deserve a lot of attention and credit too. And uh, especially the national team of handball who performed very well during the SEA Games. So maybe for those who are not very familiar or have watched the team yet, maybe how would you describe your team? And maybe there's some people you want to highlight or just say, uh, focus on, uh, put a focus on here on Sportsnook. Mm-hmm. Um, so people want to highlight well, of course, my whole team. I want to give them all shout notes, but of course, I'm guessing. But then, because it's very, we have a very diverse group of individuals on our team. We have, for example, like Coach Marv, he's part time fitness coach, part time frisbee player, part time yeah. handball player. Then oh. we got our Captain Ball, Boss Matt Valdez. We call him Boss Matt. He's, Boss uh, Matt. He, he works. And then he hurries to practice right after. He has like a busy Whoa. schedule. I think he works for like a, a Sweden, a Swedish bank or something. So, and then we have like a former track and field, track and field uh, athlete who converted to us. We have a former futsal, and then the rest are students. Yeah. So, uh, we don't. We're not. Not all of us are able to give a hundred percent, like of our time commitment to handball. But when we were there. We give 100% in effort and practice, but everyone yeah. else has their own commitments. I think most national teams are kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Like there's some working athletes or some athletes that also are taking their education. Yeah. But like that's what I admire in my teammates. Like we're able to balance other, other priorities and still perform at a whole, at a higher level. Yeah. Awesome. You know, you mentioned uh, Coach Marv and you also mentioned um, Boss Map. <laughs> um, you also have, uh, yeah, you have playing coaches as well as exceptional yeah. coaches with great credentials, which includes um, your head coach, uh, Coach Jana Frankelli, who is a basketball star and a fencing star as well. And there's also Coach A.A. Adriano, who is also a former basketball star, and also Coach Luz Pacubas, who was a football and futsal star and also a national handball and beach handball player. <laughs> wow. So how does it feel to be coached by such exceptional athletes? Um, especially since all of them have experience in a national team. Yeah. They know what they they know what it takes to represent the country. So they it's not like it, it, when you're being coached coming from like uh, you know being an athlete or a former athlete when your coach has credentials sometimes that gives you like that extra motivation to play for them. Mm-hmm. And 
well not, that doesn't have to be all the time but i'm just saying like most sometimes that that gives the extra boost to like listen to them and then understand what they're saying yeah so the fact that they have credentials is a really big booster to um you know to the team and it yeah one of we were able to produce a medal for the sea game so they know what they're doing yep absolutely joanna actually I only found that out recently. She's a lot of medals. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I think she's like <laughs> in the Hall of Fame of fencing. Wow. She has a medal as well in basketball. So I'm like, Grabe. And uh, you know, I'm sure they played a big part in you succeeding in the recent Sea Games. As you said, you guys won a medal. Congratulations, your team got bronze. So playing for the national team and winning, how how do you consider the experience like? It was, it's a it, it was a bliss. Honestly, it was amazing because like being at home especially like the home court advantage that we had and actually if you if you're able to find some videos the the arena was not the arena the the stadium was that what you would call it but like it was packed there was a lot of people wow yeah I, I was like so surprised like this is a sport probably no one really understood and they're cheering for us they're so happy <laughs> and music in the background i'm like wow i can't believe that we got a crowd like this for a sport that's not really well known so it was like an honor it was a bliss feeling. It's it was hard to explain, but it was it was amazing. Yeah, and it was also your first time representing the Philippines. Yeah, you know, first that, time. Yeah, mm -hmm. galeng. Um, also, like you mentioned, nga dami nagpakita because the popularity of handball, I'm sure, is steadily rising locally. Yeah. Um, since 2012, and the Philippine Handball Federation, your sports governing body, has been doing a lot to promote awareness and improve the team. So, um, can you tell us more about what they've done or are doing for Philippine handball? Um, but the, like I was saying before, they were trying to have the local tournaments. Yes. Uh, they were trying to have, uh, and they were trying to, you know, promote it to some schools to, in, to introduce it into their PE programs. Because actually, that's kind of where it starts. If you teach them in PE, if you teach it in PE, they're going to you know get a gain an interest in it. Or yeah. And as of now, that's the steps that they're able to take. So either introduce it into PE programs and then our local tournaments accessible local tournaments. So usually usually it's held in Ateneo, Ateneo uh, grade school gym, I think, grade school, yeah. That's where that's we have a, it. That's a really good point. I mean, I've almost everybody know what dodgeball is because they always yes. play that in PE, but there's not a lot of like official dodgeball competitions, right? So if they're no. able to integrate handball in PEs, I think it will go a long way in normalizing it in the community. It really will. Exactly. The Philippine Handball Federation has been doing a lot also to promote awareness. And I heard now before you came to Sea Games, that you trained in Hungary as well? Yes, we trained in Hungary. And um, also just recently, um, the Philippine Handball Federation also invited Olympic handball coach uh, Chong Kyung Kyun from South Korea um, and, and met up with them. So that's pretty awesome, the strides that they're making, um, steps that they're making to just really promote awareness on handball. They had, um, Zoom, yeah. they had Zoom meetings with our coaches as well. I didn't get to yeah. attend the, the South Korean okay. coaches. Uh, aside from possibly integrating it in the daily curriculum in schools mm -hmm. and doing these competitions, how else do you think we can raise awareness locally about the sport of handball and beach handball? And if mm -hmm. there's someone here that, you, that would ask you to convince them to give it a shot and watch it, what would you tell that person? <laughs> okay, well, I would say... How can we promote it? I guess you have to get in on, you have to get on the television somehow. But yeah. then of course, it's hard because television's all basketball and volleyball because they were trying to do that with what baseball. I think UAAP was trying to get baseball, swimming, swimming, yeah, football. I think football is now up and coming in popularity, but it, it's it's really a struggle. And I would I would love to be optimistic, but it's it's going to be hard. Yeah. So I think we. The best way is just to start small and somehow integrate it into PE. Like I'm gonna mm -hmm. really stick with that idea. Honestly, yeah. it'll be hard. It'll, it'll be hard to put on TV because you know you have to buy the license, like, like the licensing and stuff like yeah. that. And we don't have money like that. We're not like basketball or volleyball. We don't have money yeah. like that to do that. So I think just trying to incorporate it into PE. And actually, I think that honestly that did work a bit because we had a few teammates from Ateneo. And our other teammates come from Antipolo. They, mm -hmm. they handball from PE. So what yeah. more more schools do it? Mm. So yeah. I think that would be like 
easy, easy way that's less expensive. Yes. And also, you know, if you're a casual sports fan, like we always say in the show, you can just watch, you know, you can just watch and search learn. it on YouTube. Exactly. And watch and learn and have fun. So, yeah, that's where you start. Um, see games like when yeah. fans, the, the reactions of the fans, they loved it. They were going crazy after every goal. Some people <laughs> would watch the other the other national teams watch. Like even if we didn't have a game, they'll watch Vietnam versus uh, Indonesia or something like that. Yeah. People were enjoying the sport. So if as long as you give it a try first, yes, then you see you'll see from there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Just give it a shot. What, yeah. What other sport can you find encourages people to do a 360? Like I watched some videos <laughs> and it looked like Beyblades. Just <laughs> it was super exciting and just a lot of athletic ability and skill. Yeah. With that. Imagine like 360 dunks in basketball. That that's just showboating. Imagine 360 <laughs> shots that's required to do. I know, beach. right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I want to watch beach handball in person soon, <laughs> but yeah. So, um, like we've been mentioning, Drew, COVID nineteen has affected uh, sports worldwide. But what are some tournaments that the handball team is expected to participate in in the next few years? Um, we're going to have uh, Asian beach games. Yeah, it's like the Olympics for uh, beach games uh -huh. level. It's going to be in China from April two to. April 10, that's mm -hmm. next year. If that's that's if it push, that's if it pushes through, and it's yeah. in, uh, in but I think Wei, it's in Wei High, Wei High. Wei Han Chai, Wei Yao. Wei High. Oh no no, shoot, I forgot where it's at. Uh, no Sanya, <laughs> Sanya, Sanya China. Ah okay okay. Because no, Wei High was our competition last year. Yeah, yeah Sanya China. So I think it's far from where the epicenter was. Yeah. So they're they're looking pretty optimistic on starting it in April. Yeah. So that's. Hopefully. Yeah, so hopefully we push through. Yeah, if it pushes through, hopefully it's safe, of course. And then yeah. SEA Games next year in Vietnam. Yeah, oh, we're keeping our fingers crossed that everything yeah, goes well crossed. next year yeah. for sports. Yeah. Um, also, you mentioned that uh, this Asian Beach Games yeah. is just like the Olympics. Uh, yeah. What do you personally think about handball being part of the Olympics in the first foreseeable future? Uh, well, indoor was always in the Olympics from yeah. maybe the 60s or something. I can't. Yeah. Uh, you can fact check me on that, but uh, beach might be uh, beach, yeah. yeah. Beach might be included in 2024. Ooh. I, 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 actually, I would love. That was one of my dreams. Actually, is to compete in the Olympics. Yeah. So just having a chance in 2024 because it's achievable. Because all we have to do is have a good showing in Sea Games, yeah. and then we're gonna qualify in Asia. Then we have a good sh qualifying in Asian Games, and we go to World. Then after World. We have good if we have a good show there, we can go to the Olympics in 2024. That's just three years practically in a few yes. months. So, <laughs> and so it, it, it's an obtainable goal. Yeah. Actually, we don't even have to do good in the world. We can just uh, have a good showing in Asian championships. I think mm -hmm. we have. To, I'm hoping they allow they allot four slots because usually they allot only two slots for Asia. Mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken, depends on the federation. So we in the we, last. Sea Games. How many countries? Oh my God! We can take a break. I got my dog. Got to go outside. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Man, be real quick. I was gonna ask if it's a dog. A well-trained pet, no? Like, hey, I man, let me go outside. Let me poop, man. Elaine. Okay. See, like, he's a good coach. He can coach his dog too. I know, right? <laughs> That's incredible. I was kind of worried that would happen. I was gonna ask, okay. is that a dog? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. It's all good, um, man. Yeah, it's all good. Um, yeah, so what I was asking was how many countries competed in the last Sea Games for beach handball? Um, so it was us, Indonesia. Thailand, Vietnam, wait, let me count that again. Philippines, Indonesia, Vietnam, Thailand, four, Singapore, okay. five. Yeah. Because the, so the other Southeast Asian countries, they weren't confident enough to send their beach team. What? Team. Why? Because <laughs> beach is new. Beach yeah, yeah. Is not yeah. New, so. Okay. 
Yeah, good thing because that, that's going to be pretty fast if we actually if beach handball actually makes it to the Olympics in 2024. Yes. They're trying I'm to promote it, become big as well. Yeah, and it, it's fun to watch also. So that's not going to be any surprise. So when that happens, so um, we'll speak it into existence here. Um, we're going to try and recruit your future Olympic teammates. So for those who are watching, how would you tell them? <laughs> Get involved in playing handball here mm -hmm. in the Philippines, maybe for leisure and possibly competitively. Yeah. Well, for leisure, it'll be it's a great sport to play when, for example, you're going out to the beach. For Filipinos, we love being on the beach, so why not try to be active on it? Yeah. So, so um, how why else would to watch? It's really. Wait, this is a random question, but like the the ball, for example, that you use for for beach. handball, where do you get it? Oh, we buy it from um, Decathlon. Ah, mm. so the people it's like a shot. Yeah. Oh, so there. Well, mm -hmm. well, anyone can play it. Wait, what, what did you expect, Isa? Like they're gonna make a ball? <laughs> no, bakakamaya de ba for the sport lang exclusively. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, you can play the street yeah. version of the handball. It'll be you don't have to oh, play strict rules if you want to play it for leisure. It's a fun game. Yeah. And yeah. you don't have to worry about getting hurt. You're gonna land in sand. Yeah. Cool. So for example, if anyone wants to play with you guys, like do you have any like get togethers that you open to the public and uh, not before, yet? before C games, we were kind of having opening open tryouts say. So oh. for example, if I knew someone that wanted to try it, then they're welcome to join. Actually we're our our arms are, was it? Our practices are open for the public. If you want to give it a try, yeah. Of course, you have to be invited. But if you, because <laughs> we don't want people just walking in and just yes. dropping practice. Yeah. It's it's open uh, for people who want to try. Because of course, okay. we want to do it with family. Alumna Drew next year. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Invite them if you want to join. Mike, yeah. if you want to join, you can come. When, when yeah. we have training again. <laughs> at the very least, we can play Fire Emblem together. So <laughs> we, have, we have something to do. Um, so before we close, Drew, uh, we'd love to know, uh, with your masters and your coaching and national team, you're, you're still busy, man. But what do you consider is the next big thing for you? Next big thing for me right now or in the, the near future? Or mm -hmm. Why not both? Okay, so now, I guess near future, of course, I want to get a gold in the Sea Games. I want to have a good showing up in the Asian Beach Games, and then, of course, Olympics, like sports-wise, that. And of course, I want to graduate next year. So graduating, gold next Sea Games, and then a good showing in Asian tournament. I mean, our Asian Beach Games, and then in the long term, I would love to be athletic director. That's like nice. my dream job. I really want to be around sports i want to be you know in charge of the athletics program for a school yeah. or a college uh, that would yeah. be that'll be icing on the cake for me well considering your athletic background and also your academic background too i honestly i think you're very qualified and you're on yeah. the right pace to achieve that and you know i can tell that you have such a big heart because i'm sure that your end game is just to help other athletes or the younger athletes in the future so yeah. galing. Big heart literally and figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so um, do you have any message to your supporters or the Pinoy audience? Um, just thank you for supporting us. Um, you know, uh, without you guys, this wouldn't be possible. So just continue to, you know, have faith in us and have faith in all the national athletes. We're going to keep making you guys uh, proud of us. And of course, shout out to my teammates, shout out to my girlfriend, my mom, you know, <laughs> and everyone stay safe and stay healthy. You have to stay healthy during these times. Yes. And we hope you stay safe and healthy. Also, Drew, we'll assure you, you're going to stay safe and healthy. Um, Anyway, where can we stay updated with you if you want? We want to see what's next for Andrew Harris. Um, my Instagram is uh, DrewBee21. Mm -hmm. So, and then on Facebook, you can look me up as either Drewby or Andrew Michael Bontakulu Harris. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, well, I don't have Twitter. I don't mess with Twitter. That's toxic. I can't. 
but yeah, we'll, we'll stay updated with you, Drew. Um, thank you for joining us today and for your time. We really appreciate you making time and helping us understand more about Beach Handball. And we do hope to see you in person and meet you in person when things get better. Yeah, thank Absolutely. You for having me. You're an amazing person, amazing guest, and amazing athlete. And we're very lucky to have you here. Stay safe, Drew. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. There you have it. All right. National Beach Handball Team member Andrew Harris. Now, Mike, I don't know about you, but I learned a lot today as usual. And I hope you guys did too. Now, next week, we'll be back with another sport and another guest athlete. So watch out for that. In the meantime, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Or if you're like us, you're always driving somewhere and you want to learn a new sport along the way while you're stuck in traffic, you can also listen to our episodes on Spotify at the Sports Nook PH. Also, parts of our episode will air on Q Radio 105.1. So catch our show on weekdays, 9 a.m. to 12 noon. This has been Isa Chong. And this has been Mike Valera. As always, thank you so much for keeping us in the background and uh, learning a new sport with all of us. We'll see you all again next week for another episode of the Sports Nook PH. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.